What's up, Cowboys Nation, and welcome into the Week 8 edition of the Road to 6 radio show. I'm your host, Hayden, from the Cowboys Star, and I'm here with Adam from Dem Boys News. How you doing, Adam? Doing pretty good, you know, just coming off some allergies. It's been it's been a rough time of the year for these allergies right now. Yeah, I can totally agree with you on that. Uh, we had an empty weekend this week from a Cowboys standpoint. What did you do with your Sunday? You know, I sat there and watched my fantasy lineup play. It was pretty... Pretty boring with no Cowboys football, to be honest. Yeah, I actually got to go out on the golf course on Sunday. I didn't have to worry about uh, Cowboys playing. Not that I have to ever worry about it, but I actually got a free Sunday. It wasn't too bad. Not not bad to have a free Sunday, but it's always a great Sunday when the Cowboys are playing. Yeah, so we've got a fun show today. We're going to talk about the Dak versus Romo controversy. Uh, we're actually going to have a special caller calling in a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, he's an Eagles fan. And then we're going to give our weekly power rankings for the NFL. So let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. Dak versus Romo, who's your guy? You know, I've been saying Romo all along. I said, I want Tony. But after we went into Lambeau and beat Green Bay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump on the Dak bandwagon right now. You're going to leave me on the Tony bandwagon alone? You know, if Tony comes back, I'm fine with it. But right now, I think the Cowboys are rolling right now, and they need to leave Dak Prescott in there. Ezekiel Elliott's running great, so why change it? I can't believe you're just going to leave me over here with not very many other Cowboys fans on the Romo train. I thought you were one of us, but I was You know, wrong. I'm about 60% Dak, 40% Romo, so, you know, if Romo comes back, I'm not going to be, like, really upset like a lot of the other Dak people. You know, I'm just... I'm taking Dak because we're playing great right now. I feel like there's no reason to change. If there's a reason to change, I know what Tony's got. I saw that 2014 Tony, and he is amazing. So I'd be fine switching over to that. But as of right now, Dak Prescott. You know, I I just remember the guy that was the number one quarterback in the entire world in 2014. And, no, I'm dead serious. He was the best quarterback in the world. That's not exaggerating. Uh, Anyway... He had a 113 quarterback rating in 2014, and Dak is also number one in the NFL, but his is, what, 89? So it's not at the same level as Romo. I'm sorry, a rookie quarterback's going to hit a wall at some point, so we've got to switch over to Romo as soon as we can. I feel like when Dak hits that wall, that's when you switch Romo, or when you see that he's about to hit that wall so that he doesn't get, like, really bad that we switch to Romo. I think at some point we're going to have to switch to Romo, but as of right now, I say you play Dak Prescott and they need to just say that Tony's hurt that way people don't get mad I guess I can't disagree with that if you're saying you're that kind of Dak guy um I guess that kind of makes you like a hybrid guy you're like a Dak and Tony guy then. yeah I can go either way I like both guys I mean obviously you like both guys but I I could be fine with either of them I think whoever the Cowboys whoever Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett decide to put back there I think it's going to be the right guy for the job and they're going to get it done Yeah, it's not like what we say has any impact on any decisions that will be made uh, by the front office or the coaching staff of the Cowboys. But 
Yeah, I'm just going to keep saying it over and over again. I'm, I'm a Tony guy, and the disrespect I've seen shown for Tony Romo this week, uh, last week, and really all season has just been awful. I've, I've hated seeing people just hating on Tony Romo the past, this whole season, and he's the guy that really carried this franchise and got it to where it was. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Tony really, he holds pretty much every passing record there is in Cowboys history. He is the heart and soul of this franchise. Just right now, Dak is playing so good, it's hard to take him out. But then again, we look back at that 2014 Tony, and it's hard to disagree that he was the best quarterback in the league. So very tough decision when Tony actually isn't hurt. So that's not up to us to make. That's just up to us to dispute. So you said Tony Romo, you think he will come back at some point this season. What do you think a realistic timetable is for him? You know, I think he actually could be ready to go by this upcoming week against the Eagles. We just won't know. We won't know. I don't think they're going to tell us because you might as well ride the Prescott train as long as you have it. Give Tony less time or more time to heal and less time to get hurt. Maybe come back by week 12 or 13, be ready to go into the playoffs and healthy completely healthy not we don't need to rush him back we have Dak so just say he's hurt even though he could come back let him get completely healthy get a bunch of reps in practice and be ready to go I can't disagree with you there I think we need to you know ride out the mojo but to be 100% honest with you like I said on last week's show a bye week does one or two things and it's either it either helps a whole lot or it hurts a whole lot and I don't see how the Cowboys can really get that much better out of a bye week from what they have been. I mean, they're 5-1. and one, They've been outstanding. And I really don't want to say it, but I just don't think Dak can really keep playing at this level as a rookie. All right, so um, we're going to welcome in a guest today. He runs the At Eagles Fan Probs page, and his name is Chris. How you doing, Chris? Hey, good, guys. How are you? Doing pretty good. Just getting getting excited for this Cowboys Eagles matchup. We've been waiting for almost a week and a half now for this long bye week. Yeah, bye weeks are you know. And as an Eagles fan, we had probably the longest bye week ever coming off the Steelers win, which is probably a comparable feeling to how you guys felt after the win at Lambeau. So I feel your pain on that. Yeah, definitely a lot nicer after coming off a win in, in Green Bay than it would be if we would have lost, but. Just really looking forward to this matchup. Um, do you have any thoughts on the upcoming game? Like what you want to see and what you just what you want to see? So my yeah, so my thoughts on the upcoming game. So you know, I really think this game has now suddenly become what we all hoped that it would be. You know, for the last couple of weeks, the Eagles have been a, a reeling team. And you know, I was actually at the Eagles minutes for the game on Sunday. I'm not sure if you guys can tell, but my voice is. Uh, not 100% here. <laughs> yeah. The vocal cords back up. But um, the Eagles have been reeling. And if they would have lost to Minnesota and fallen a 3-3 three and three after a 3-0 and start, you know, pretty much all the wind would have been sucked out of the sails that, you know, came with that 3-0 and start. And But I think the Eagles coming off another emotional win over a team like the Minnesota Vikings has now really, has really re-energized the team, re-energized the fan base, and now it's become – this game coming up on Sunday night, the first chapter of Carson Wentz versus Dak Prescott has now become what everybody really kind of hoped that it would become. You know, a showdown that's, you know, the two two of the best young quarterbacks in this game right now. And the hype is going to be there. The NFL really picked, you know, a 
good game to have on Sunday night for this week. They really struck gold with this one. And I'm excited, and Eagles fans excited, Cowboys fans excited. You know, if you're not excited for this game, I think there's something wrong. So, yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to it. I think that it could almost model the Romo McNabb matchups we got to see back in the day. Yeah, this has a chance to be even better than that, I think. Yeah, both of these young quarterbacks both coming in the league at the same time. I mean, it it's going to... Even, let's even hope. Romo and Donovan didn't come in with this much of a thing and at the same time, you know. I mean, Donovan started in 99, really took over the reins in 2000 when he became a star, and then Romo came came on about six years later. For a couple of years, it was McNabb against guys like Quincy Carter. There really wasn't much to speak of there. But so, um, with these two rookies coming in the way they have at the same time, it's you know it's it's bound to deliver. So I gotta ask you, man, from an unbiased point of view, try to not be an Eagles fan for a second. Who would you rather <laughs> have on your team, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott, at this point? Yeah, and you know I've thought a lot about this, and uh, it's a question that you know everyone's asking themselves every week. You know the Wentz versus Dak debate. You know when I try to answer this objectively without green glasses on. Um, the way, the, what I try to do is I try to I try to flip flop each each scenario. So I try to put Dak Prescott on the Eagles in that situation, and I put Carson Wentz on the Cowboys in that in the situation in Dallas. And you know the Eagles right now they do not have good wide receivers. That's a fact. Uh, we they're in talks to acquire Alshon Jeffrey, and that would be amazing if somehow that could happen. But they are not a good team at the wide receiver position right now, and the offensive line is shaky. You know, Lane Johnson getting suspended did not help matters. And they really don't have a clear-cut number one running back. Carson Wentz has to carry that offense single-handedly. And Dak Prescott in Dallas, you know, Dak's played phenomenal. He's done a great job. Um, and he's also had the help of, you know, that off the, the great line that the Cowboys have. He's come, he was able to come into the league with Zeke Elliott, who's completely torn up opponents. And the Eagles, and I'm sorry, the Cowboys receiving core is simply better than the Eagles receiving core at this point. Um, I, I truly think if Carson Wentz was the quarterback in Dallas right now, the Cowboys would be six and zero, and not squeaking by to be six and zero, but running opponents over on the way. And I think Dak Prescott, I think he'd be okay if he was in Philadelphia, but I don't think he'd be as good as you've seen him play with Dallas if he were in Philadelphia. So that's what I try to do when I try to look at this from an objective point of view. And with that all being said, I would if I'm going to build a team, I'm going to have to take Carson. Okay, I can I can see where you're coming from because Prescott did get put in a very good situation. He's got a lot of weapons around him. We'd also be six and zero if Terrence would have gone out of bounds to set up Dan Bailey. <laughs> they, maybe they would be six and zero. And you know, I compare Prescott's situation a lot to the situation that Russell Wilson walked into. Now, nobody would deny that he's going to deny that Russell Wilson's a great quarterback, but he also walked into a great situation. Yeah. I think it's a very kind of similar situation with Dak Prescott. So, switching gears a little bit, you know, I haven't gotten to watch the Eagles a lot this year. Obviously, everybody knows the Cowboys' bread and butter is the running game. Uh, what do the right. Eagles really hang their hat on? Like, I haven't, I don't really understand why they're winning games. So, honestly, and the, the last game was kind of indicative of what the Eagles really, quote, hang their hat on. It's this defense. Jim Schwartz has really bought, brought an attitude and a swagger to a defense that had a lot of talent coming in. But I think any defense that plays with Chip Kelly as the head coach is going to get exposed. They're going to be exhausted. Yeah. Not to mention all these players were miscast in a 3-4 system. You know, I think Jim Schwartz has really found a way to utilize these players 
they've added a couple pieces in guys like Rodney McLeod and Nigel Bradham, and he's really brought an attitude, a swagger, and a confidence to this defense they didn't have before. You know, the Eagles' offense last week, well, they got it. They did get a touchdown, but and I, and I know this, but I had them in fantasy. They scored 24 fantasy points of the defense. They were sacking. They were sacking Bradford. They were forcing fumbles. And their special teams, they've returned kicks for touchdowns in back-to-back games. They're just finding ways to get it done. And the first three weeks, you know, Carson Wentz lit the world on fire. Uh, They were winning with offense the first three weeks, a perfect combination of offense and defense. But Carson Wentz hasn't played quite as well since the bye. He's done okay with what he's been given. And he certainly got off to a rocky start against Minnesota. But watching the game live, he really kept his composure, and he did just enough to – help them win that game. So the Eagles are winning games in large part due to their excellent defense and special teams. And when they weren't winning games, the defense was not playing well. The offense is not good enough to win, you know, if, if when they have to play behind from two, three scores. That's not how they're going to win games. Until they get Carson Wentz a solid offensive line and get him solid receivers on the outside, they're going to have to win games with Wentz doing the best he can with such little talent around him and Jim Schwartz leading the way on defense. Yeah, I hadn't really watched any of the Eagles games either, but I as well had the Eagles defense and fantasy, and they have been tearing it up, so I was assuming that's oh, yeah. that's where they were coming from. Can they stop Zeke, though? Not, not only are they, they the only team with um, a kick return for a touchdown this year, but they've done it in back-to-back games. So it's just finding a way. Do you think that the Eagles can contain Zeke? Well, I think the Eagles can contain Zeke. You know, that's the... That's the question. That's the question that you know all Eagles fans are wondering this week, because um, it's really going to depend on which Eagles defense shows up. If it's the Eagles defense that got pushed around in Washington and let Matt Jones run for 170 yards, they don't have a chance. They don't have any chance of containing Zeke Elliott. But you know, if they show up like they did last week, you know, when they were in Sam Bradford's face every play, they were stopping the run. Then they can't. Then I think they can contain Zeke. Now, not stop him, but certainly contain. Him. Um, We've seen the Eagles play well against this Cowboys front before. Um, I think I think back to last year's game in Dallas and um, the 2014 game in Dallas on Thanksgiving. They've the Eagles have played well against this front before. So I really think this is kind of like a clash of the Titans of sorts. You got, you know, the Cowboys trademark we all know is their offensive line, and the Eagles trademark on defense is their front seven, especially their front four. So can they contain Zeke Elliott? I think they can but it depends on which team shows up. And if they show up and play inspired football, then I think they can. So another star on the Dallas offense, we haven't seen him much this year due to injury, Des Bryant. He's coming back this weekend. And I think I read early in the week that Brooks was out due to injury. So do you think the Eagles are going to be able to stop Des Bryant in the passing game? Uh, You know, that's a good question. You know, I don't think Ron Brooks is really going to have an impact there was a, I should say the loss of Ron Brooks, Brooks is really going to have an impact on mm-hmm. what happens as Bryant. Because um, Brooks was playing mainly out of the slot. Uh, gotcha. I think if the Eagles are going to man up, you're going to see a lot of Jalen Mills or Nolan Carroll on Des Bryant. Um, and truth be told, neither one of them has played outstanding. However, I take this back to the front four. They've played a lot better when the front four has been harassing opposing quarterbacks. You know, after the Steelers game, everyone was talking about how good the corners were playing. You know why they were playing so well? Because Ben Roethlisberger had no time. Uh, but the, the defense couldn't generate any pressure against Detroit, against Washington, and Nolan Carroll and Jalen Mills got torn apart by guys like Marvin Jones and Sean Jackson. So if Prescott has time, I could see Des Bryant absolutely going off in this game. 
but again, if the defense is able to generate the pressure that they generated last week on Bradford or anywhere near that, then I think you're going to see kind of a more modest game out of Des Bryant because this Eagles secondary, the corners are the weak point of the team. Um, and their play and how they play against opposing receivers is really dictated by what the front seven does. So it really all just comes down to what Eagles D shows up or if the Cowboys can figure out what the Eagles have been doing the last couple of weeks to maybe try to filter that and play better against that great Eagles D that we've seen the last couple of weeks. You know, he mentioned Brooks was mainly in the slot. So without Brooks, do you think Cole Beasley is going to have a big game? Because I don't know if you've been seeing it, but Cole Beasley's really been the guy on the receiving core for Dallas so far. Yeah, and you know, Cole Beasley's had a couple of nice games against the Eagles. Been a little bit of a thorn in the side. Trust me, from from the opponent's <laughs> point of view, it's annoying to see that little guy running for first downs against you. <laughs> but um, what I think, I, and again, I don't know exactly what they're going to do scheme-wise. I'm honestly, with the body falling, I'm losing track of who's at corner now. Uh, but I know something they've done when guys have gone down in games. Sometimes uh, they play McCle- Rodney McLeod deep at safety and they move Malcolm Jenkins into the nickel where he started out with the New Orleans Saints. He came into the league as a corner out of Ohio State. Uh, sometimes when they've had to, due to injury, due to fatigue, whatever it may be, when they're on the field a long time, they sometimes move Malcolm Jenkins into the nickel and have him play in the slot. I think Malcolm Jenkins could, could match up just fine against Cole Beasley. Now, if they have a third, fourth string corner, that'll be difficult. You know, I feel like we're talking about all the Dallas offensive playmakers, and I want to talk about some Eagles ones, but to be 100% honest with you, I don't really know who they are. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it's been a grossly, grossly underachieving offense. Yeah, and I don't mean that uh, in, like a, that, I'm, I think, in a mean way. Yeah, no, and I know that I think the most disappointing player of them all, above Nelson Aguilar, who was our first-round pick last year, has been Zach Ertz. I mean, the guy had a nice game week one, missed a couple games with injury, but he has either been invisible in the passing game or when Wentz has been getting him the ball, he's been dropping it. You know, I know a lot of fans of Philadelphia are starting to lose their patience with Zach Ertz. We've been waiting, waiting for him to break out a couple of years now. It just hasn't seemed to happen. Uh, there's no doubt that they need a deep threat. Not only a deep threat, just so they, just so opposing defenses respect the deep ball, but to open things up for Jordan Matthews, who specializes in the slot. Jordan Matthews is not a great outside number one receiver. But you put Jordan Matthews in the slot, let him use his size, with the defense being forced to respect the speedy receiver on the outside, and then I think you're starting to talk about a real offense here. Um, but it's been one of the Eagles have had to be, as far as offense, they've had to be one of those teams where the quarterback is just kind of elevating the guys around him. Nagel has played better this year than he did last year, not good enough, but better. And I think Carson Wentz has a lot to do with that. He's been he's been throwing guys open. He's been taking chances that he probably shouldn't really take, knowing these receivers. Now, I like that he's taking the chances, but these receivers just aren't up to snuff. Um, they've had to use, you know, Jordan Matthews is the team's leading receiver, but you know who the Eagles' second leading receiver is? Aaron Sproles. So they've really had to incorporate a lot of the running backs, a lot of scheme work. And guys, have, in every game, it's, it's been like a different player who's really just kind of made a player or two here and there that's kind of elevated them to get just enough done on offense. But it's been one of those scenarios where if they had, I think if they had any other quarterback besides Carson Wentz, this offense would be a lot worse off than they are. I think he is the one making the plays and elevating the play of the guys around him. Yeah, it seems like Darren Sproles has been in the league forever now. What is he, 56 yeah. years old? 
<laughs> he's still getting it done though. And and he signed through next year too. He said he's gonna he wants to retire an eagle after 2017. So Jeez. he got another year out of him too. <laughs> you got yeah, he's, I think he's like 33 years old now. Something in, like that. So in football years, he's like 90. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, at least the guy hasn't carried. He hasn't had to carry the load of a feature back. That's helped a lot. Yeah, he hasn't taken as many hits as, as traditional running backs, so he might be in the uh, league till he's fifty. All. Who knows? <laughs> Anybody who was in the same backfield as Ladainian Tomlinson has been in the league a long time. And he had Drew Brees <laughs> thrown to him for a little bit out of the out of the backfield, so he's played with some yeah, greats. He tore it up with the Saints. Passed at the playoff game in 2013. Yeah. All right. Here's the burning question that all NFC East uh, fans are wondering. Who do you have winning the NFC East, and do you have anyone coming out as a wild card? So I am, to tell you the honest truth, I'm undecided on who's going to win the East, but I have a oh, prediction. come on, man. <laughs> but I do have a prediction for how it's going to come down to the end. I think everyone kind of wants to, when they want to predict the way the East is going to shake out, they want to think one thing's going to pull away and one thing's going to kind of fall off, but I really don't see that happening. All four teams have been kind of trading punches the last couple of weeks. And I think it's going to be one of those years, kind of like 2007, where, you know, the Cowboys won the division at 13-3, the Giants won the Super Bowl, and the Eagles were in last place at 8-8. Eight eight. I think the winner of the division is going to have about 10 wins, and the loser is going to have an 8-8 eight eight record. I really don't think any one team is going to separate and one team is going to fall off. I do, however, think it's going to come down to the Eagles and Cowboys at the end, and I think they're... I mean, one team is going to win the division, and I think whoever doesn't win the division will be a wild card. My prediction is that both the Eagles and Dallas will make the postseason. And In I believe, what order? I don't know. I believe but that's I a Week 17 matchup, too, so could that decide who wins the um, division? Ooh. Yeah, that would be that would be really exciting. You know, I, I really, really hope that that's not, you know, a meaningless Week 17 game like the Eagles fans have had to endure the past couple of years, but... That if that is if that game has playoff implications, then you know that that could be huge. All right, so the and Eagles I know from a Cowboy perspective, you know, you have to hope that game goes better than the 2008 game. Oh, don't talk about that, please. So <laughs> the Eagles, they're about to enter a gauntlet of a schedule. They actually have the hardest uh, remaining strength of schedule in the NFL, according to Vegas. What do you think their sure end do. record's gonna be? Um, you know, I haven't thought too much. I, I, I'm one of those fans that like to take it one game at a time. I haven't thought too much that, that far ahead, but there are what four wins right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to say I'd like to put them at nine or ten wins. I think they've got. They seem to beat good teams. They seem to lose to teams that they should beat and beat teams that they should lose to. So, you know, you got Atlanta coming in at home. I'm starting to change my mind on that game and thinking they might win that game. Uh, going on the road against Seattle is going to be hard. Uh, hosting Green Bay on Monday night that's going to be hard. But again, they'll be at home. Um, honestly, I think to get to ten or eleven wins, they'll need a big break, like one of these quarterbacks to go down. Maybe they miss Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they miss Russell Wilson. Other than that, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. But I, I see nine to ten wins coming out of the Eagles, and like I said, that'll put them right in there uh, with Dallas at the end. I think they beat the Giants once, if not twice. You know, I think um, they can beat a team like uh, the Atlanta Falcons. And then I think they beat the Washington Redskins in December, so that's three wins right there. But two losses you know, to the like Cowboys, they right? They out another one amongst the Packers and the Bengals and the Ravens, and that'll put them about 9-10 wins. So you're saying two losses to the Cowboys? 
I am not saying two losses to the Cowboys. That's what it sounded like to me. But, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote you on that. Two losses to the Cowboys. What kind of Eagles fan are no, you? No, I don't. I, I think, I think they split with Dallas one way or another. I can agree with that. I have them splitting as yeah. well. So um, let's wrap I mean, it up. It, it seems like every year the Eagles have been winning to Dallas and the Cowboys have been winning to Philly. So we'll see if anyone can buck that trend. Yeah, so um, we're going to wrap it up here with you, and we're all going to give our uh, game predictions. Why don't you go first, Chris, your score prediction. Cowboys 100. All right, my score prediction, uh, Cowboys are going to score some points, um, but I do have the Eagles carrying this momentum. They don't have a bye week to jazz it all up. I have the Eagles winning this game 31-23. Boy, what did you just say? You said the Eagles are going to win? All right. Eagles 31-23, I'm calling it. All right, he said Cowboys 31-23. I'm just messing with you. Uh, Adam? <laughs> um, I have the Cowboys 24 to the Eagles 20. Cowboys D has been looking good as well, shockingly, as the um, Eagles D has. But I think ultimately the Cowboys offense will prevail over that Eagles defense. Yeah, what do you think? The legion of whom is the Cowboys defense. Uh, Vegas has the Cowboys winning 30-16. to as you can probably tell, I do like to look at Vegas predictions. I think they're pretty accurate uh, as far as predictions go. But my personal prediction is 31-23 Cowboys win. So that's two out of is three of us. Didn't you say, did you say 30-23? Did I you... said 31-23. Oh, well, I have the same prediction, and we both say Cowboys are going to win. So. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, it's going to be a slugfest. I like that 24-24. Yeah, at least, hey, you're a good sport. I would like it to be the other way, but... Uh... You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a slugfest. It really is. Yeah, it should be a good game. So, uh, thanks so much for joining us, um, Chris, here on the Road to Six Radio Show. Seems like a pretty cool guy, at least as far as Eagles fans go. Yeah, he actually seemed to know his stuff. You know, he really, really talked a lot about the Eagles and Cowboys, very highly of the Cowboys, actually. So, I was very surprised. Um, so let's jump into our Twitter questions that we got for today. First question comes from Michael. He says. Does Des Bryant influence the Romo versus Dak debate at all? Hmm, that's a really good question. And I'd have to say at this point, no, until we see you know more of Des playing with Dak. Uh, we did see Des with Dak the first couple weeks of the season, but didn't really get a good enough sample size to know the answer to that question. Uh, but I think we will here this weekend against the Eagles. Mitchell then says, do you think Dez will get back on track now that he's healthy? Oh, yeah, I think Dez is going to have a, a big second half of the year. Um, you know, I have him in fantasy football, so a lot of that is hope. But I really do think Dez is going to keep take off where he left off in uh, last time he really played consistently in 2014. Certainly having the threat of him on the field, too, should open up the yeah, other guys. Just simply having him on the field is, is going to be huge for the offense. Yep, and then um, Aaron says, which QB is better value thus far, Dak or Carson Wentz? You know, value-wise, it's obviously Dak. Um, you know, they were both both drafted this year, so they're going to be compared their entire career. And here's some stats comparing the two. Uh, as we know, Wentz was taken second overall. Dak Prescott, taken in the fourth round, was taken 133 picks after Carson Wentz. Uh, comparing stats now, Dak is five and one in his first career six games. Carson Wentz is four and two. Dak's thrown for fifteen hundred yards, which is two hundred more than Carson. Uh, Dak has seven touchdowns. Wentz has eight. Um, Dak has one interception. Wentz has three. 
And quarterback rating, Dak is now number one in the NFL after a subpar game from Matt Ryan with 89 QBR and Wentz has 54. Um, not to mention Dak's got a way cooler nickname with Dak Attack. So I'm taking Dak there. Definitely wins the nickname category. So, and then our last question comes from Cowboys Dale. Cowboys Dale. He actually asks, why don't the Cowboys bring back Jimmy Johnson? Um, I hope he's trolling. Um, Jimmy Johnson, a great. What's your, how would you answer that question, Adam? You know, I'm looking uh, at Jimmy Johnson's profile here, and he is currently 73 years old. That might be the first question. To answer is, why would someone want to coach at 73, especially when he already has two Super Bowls, a couple of national championships, I believe, with Miami? I mean, I believe he's just living the life now, like in the Florida Keys or something, so that would definitely be why. Just doing old guy stuff in Florida? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Just Hopefully doing... I'll get to that status one day. Definitely. That's what a we Florida all... Florida old guy that just golfs all the time. That's what we all thrive for. That's the dream right there. <laughs> All right, so let's move into our top five power rankings of this week. My favorite part of the week. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? Okay, at number one, I had, shocker, the New England Patriots. Whoa! Number two, your Dallas Cowboys. Nothing to say there. I mean, they just moved in front of everyone else that looked crappy over the week, to be honest. Um, Number three, I had the Seattle Seahawks. Looked like absolute butt on Monday night. If you watch that game, that was the most pathetic football game, and I will never get that time back. Do you good, agree? Yeah, good word usage there with butt. That's exactly what they looked like on the field, and so did the Cardinals. But Both of them probably have a good chance to make the playoffs, and that is not... Yeah, I actually sent the Seahawks and Cardinals a well-written letter about how I need to get my Sunday night back because... I can't waste it on something stupid like that. I had so many better things to do than watch the worst football game in the entire world. They should both be banned from playing football on TV from now on. Yeah, that that Sunday night was pretty rough and nothing better to watch on TV, so I put myself through it, but it was not, not fun. The thing about bad football, I don't mind it if it's like at least entertaining football, like high scoring, but that was boring and horrible football. Like, Big 12 games in college football, that's bad football, but at least they score 50 points a game to make it entertaining. 12 combined points in that game? That was pathetic. And how do you miss field goals inside 30 yards if you're kicking the NFL back-to-back, like, both teams? We wouldn't understand because we have the Dan. Yeah, Dan is automatic, basically. All right, so moving on in my rankings, number four, I have the Denver Broncos. Moving up from number six on my list, their defense is really looking good, and Trevor Simeon is actually, like, he's looking pretty good himself. I think they're a lot better with him out there than Paxton Lynch right now. Simeon just looks more poised in the pocket. Um, and then number five, I moved back from number one, the Minnesota Vikings. I wanted to put the Packers in here, but the Vikings beat the Packers. It looked pretty bad against the um, Eagles last week. But, you know, Vikings have a very easy schedule. I still think they'll have 12 or more wins, even though you don't. But, so I'm just going to put them at number five. I believe that if the Cowboys play them, which they do later this year, I think they'll get the W. Yeah, the Vikings aren't going to get over 12 wins, and you're going to end up owing me 20 chicken nuggets and a small fry, which was our bet on the last show. We'll see about that. No, well, I'm, I'm definitely getting the nuggets. Don't even argue it. Um, but anyway, moving into my top five, 
Uh, pretty similar to yours. At number one, I've got the Patriots. Number two, the Cowboys. Number three, the Denver Broncos. Four, the Seahawks. And five, the Packers. Now, I'm going to back up those uh, the Broncos and Packers pick. Uh, Broncos at number three seems a little high, but they're back to the Broncos that they were last year, it seems like, after that win against the Texans. I mean, Trevor Simeon is good enough. He's good enough for the Broncos and what they're about. Uh, the defense is obviously going to be what carries them, and the defense looked outstanding uh, against the Texans. And then the Packers at number five. The Packers have looked awful. Aaron Rodgers has looked awful, but they're still finding a way to win. Not against the Cowboys. But they are 4-2 and two, looking that bad without a running game with a horrible Aaron Rodgers. The fact that they're 4-2 and two is very impressive, and you've got to think the Packers are probably going to get it together at some point this year. And that's why they're at number five for me. Once they get an actual running back and stop running Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery, I mean, that's that's the first step. Well, maybe what they could do, um, this is something that I, I've been try- I was going to hit on during the show, but I forgot until now. We have Darren McFadden that seems to be getting near fully healthy. Do we put him on the trading block? And is are the Packers a potential destination for him? I really didn't think about that, but yeah. that's that's true. He's a good, serviceable running back that can get it done. They've got a decent O-line. I mean, I think that would be a good spot for him, and he, I think that he would thrive there. He might make that backfield very dangerous. I don't know if we want to give him to the Packers because they're yeah. not really a threat to us in the NFC, but if we give him DMC, they might be. Yeah, if we can get some good stuff in return. like I don't know what their defensive line looks like, but if we could get something there, that'd be big time. Um yeah, so Darren McFadden coming back isn't the only guy that's that's about to be healthy. Des Bryant, Morris Claiborne, and Orlando Skandrick all look to be coming back this week against the Eagles. And that defense of the Cowboys has already looked fantastic by my perspective. I wasn't expecting much. And adding Morris Claiborne and Orlando Skandrick to that, and will Orlando Skandrick even play is the thing. Antoni- or Anthony Brown has been playing great. Yeah, but Skandrick has been, you know, the guy in the secondary for the Cowboys the past couple of years. I don't think he's going to be able to be on the bench. I, I, I really think Anthony Brown is just going to help with depth more than anything when Skandrick is officially back. But it is nice to have a guy that good. Yeah, I agree. I think Brown can almost fill in as like a utility guy. I feel like he could maybe play some corner, some safety, just wherever we need him. If someone gets hurt or whatever, he's certainly very, very talented. As Cowboys fans, we know how important depth is. Um, all the injuries our teams endured the last couple years. Uh, we're hoping, so far it has been good, uh, that the injuries won't be too daunting this year for the Cowboys. So that'll do it for this edition of the Road to Six radio show. We look forward to joining you again next week and discussing, hopefully, a Cowboys victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. Go Cowboys!